do I condemn you? Go and sin no more. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Deposit your word into our spirits this morning, Father. We pray that your grace and your glory will be manifested in the house as the word of God is being ministered, Father. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every critical spirit, we bind them in the name of Jesus. And we take victory here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. Thank you. Today's message is titled, Go Sin No More. It's titled, Go Sin No More. Praise the Lord. Amen. Normally when we start, we'll tell you, tell your neighbor to repeat the title this morning. I'm not going to ask you to do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. We are in the presence of God. We as God's people, as we experience the grace of God in our lives, we are always grateful to the Lord for what God continues to do in our lives. Amidst the countless grace, gifts, and glory that we experience in our lives, there is none that is as good, as savory, as the one that Christ has bestowed upon our lives, the remission of our sins. Some of the grace and gifts that Christ has bestowed upon our lives, it impacts our spiritual life. Some impacts our physical life. Some has the power to change our destiny and impact eternity itself. Praise God. So amidst all the grace that we experience in our lives, none is as unique as the one that we experience from the Lord. Number one, the forgiveness of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins. I don't know if you remember the day when Jesus came into your lives. When you confessed your sins as the Lord to cleanse us. Cleanse me with his blood. And the life with Jesus started. It has quite been a journey for some of us. Praise God. Through the highs and through the lows, we have always seen Christ being consistent. One who was by our side in every seasons of our lives as we started our life and our journey with the Lord Jesus on that day when you and I had the assurance that Jesus washed us clean. Praise God. He gave us a new lease to our life, a fresh start to our life, and life has never been the same. Praise God. We ought to be convinced of the fact that Jesus not only helps and cleanses and forgives our sins, but the same Lord who has cleansed us, washed us, and forgiven us of all of our sins, gives us the ability, the power, the grace to live a holy life. Praise God. 
Amen. Can you imagine if Christ were to just forgive our sin and live us, leave us high and dry in the same place, in that same condition to continue our life, life would have been hopeless, meaningless, and life would have not amount to anything in life. But Christ who has forgiven us of our sin also gives us the ability to live a holy life, a life that is pleasing to him, a life that is expected of us. Praise God. A holy God expects us to live a life that is fit to his character, living a life that is holy. We who are recipients of the grace of God, we cannot forget the fact that grace is, as the scripture reminds us, that grace redeems us and it also, don't forget, it reforms us. Grace redeems and grace reforms. According to Paul, writing to Titus, in Titus 2, 11 and 12, the grace of God that has brought salvation to all mankind. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness, no to every kind of filth, every kind of worldliness, every kind of immorality. So the same grace that has brought redemption to mankind, the same grace teaches us and reforms us, helping us, giving us the ability to resist sin and to say no to things that are ungodly in nature. What is godliness? Godliness is being godlike. And what is ungodliness? Ungodliness is simply put being unlike God. So the grace that redeems us gives us a fresh start, a new beginning to our life, a new lease to our lives, does not leave us in that same situation, but constantly the Holy Spirit and the Word continues to work in us, bringing in the kind of reform in our lives that is pleasing to God. Praise God. I think you and I are very familiar with the setting that we are looking this morning. The Bible says that some men got together and they got, bought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, placed her right in front of Jesus in the midst of the gathering, and they posed a question to Jesus. Praise God. The question that they posed is very simple. It's from the law. They are asking Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that, that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Praise God. How often we also go to Jesus to find out what does he have to say about a given situation? Maybe it's not as extreme as this case is, but we do quite often go and ask Jesus, perhaps most of the time about ourselves, and if not at once in a while, about others, about others' 
question about something that others did. And we come to him and tell him, Lord, you know what? It's not fair what he is doing, what she is doing. We, we all go through such a situation. But here we see that this man brought this woman to Jesus because the Bible says it was a setup. They were trying to question Jesus, trying to trap Jesus. Little did they realize that Christ is unique in every way. Praise God. Jesus is unique in every way. He is incomparable as a person. He is incomparable in his power. He is incomparable in his position. I have repeated this and I will repeat it. The more and more I read about Jesus, I stand in awe of Jesus. The person Jesus, the power Jesus, his position, his words, his works, his ways, they are incomparable. You cannot compare it to any other person. His glory is incomparable. His majesty is incomparable. The honor that is due is incomparable. Christ is incomparable. Therefore, this morning, as you are seated in the house of God, he alone is worthy to be praised and to be exalted and to be worshipped. Praise God. Jesus is unique. Praise God. They ask a question to Jesus. When you ask a question to Jesus, you can expect a very unique and a sincere answer from Jesus. But when you study the books, the Bible, we can see Jesus' way of answering is very unique. Sometimes he answers a question with a question. Sometimes he will answer a question with a small statement. At times he will answer a question with a parable. Praise God. At times he will pull his disciples away and give a full explanation. Praise God. As people come to Jesus, he can discern not only the question but the intent behind the question. Praise God. So he discerns the intentions behind the question. Praise God. Have you heard Jesus answering the, the questions that was posed to him? Amazing, isn't it? When people came to him and showed him the coin, he says, give me the coin. Give me the coin. You know, you're asking me about the taxes. He got the coin from them and he's telling me, telling them, look at the inscription on the coin and the answer was render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar and render unto God that which belongs to God. Can you believe one time when this man came and asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus, instead of giving him a direct answer, gave him a parable and asked him a question in return. Praise God. Here, Jesus is posed with this question and Jesus takes his own sweet time to answer the question. Praise the Lord. Jesus takes his own sweet time in answering the question. Praise God. Why? Because Christ realized the motive behind the question was not 
to truly find an answer, but to trap Jesus into saying something which will start a domino effect. Praise the Lord. As children of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be armed with that mind of Christ, the ability to discern every question that is posed to you and to me, and to have a spirit of discernment to understand the motives and the intentions that lurk behind every question that is posed. Every sincere question should be given a sincere answer. Praise God. Every question that is posed to question God, praise God, to question the purpose of God, to pose, to question the, 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 I, the principles and the doctrines of God should be given an answer that befits the standards of of God's word. Praise God. Jesus is very unique in giving answers. He's not only very unique in giving answers, he's able to identify an issue and able to resolve the issue at hand. Praise God. Some have the ability to detect problems. If you study characters, you will understand, you will see that some people constantly, they only detect problems. They are not interested in solutions. But Christ is able to bring a solution to every problems that we face in our lives. Christ is able to identify needs and he's also able to meet the needs. Praise God. Christ identified the hungry masses and he not only initiated a solution to feed the hungry mass, he expected, he asked his disciples and told them, go get something for them to eat. Praise God. See, what Christ does is he not only identifies problems, he's also able to meet the needs of our lives. But in meeting the needs of our lives, you study the pattern that Christ brings. What Christ does is he gives them a solution with them involved in the solution. What I'm talking about, Jesus feeding the masses. As he's feeding the masses, he gets his disciples to get involved in the solution process so that their faith can increase. Praise God. As Christ meets our need, he also gets us to involved in the solution process, there whereby through the test our faith gets stronger and we become out in flying colors. Praise God. Yes, he is able to measure both the cause and the effect of every issue that we face in our lives. Christ is unique. Unique how? He's able, only one who can forgive our sins. Praise God. Christ is the only one who can forgive sins. 
Praise God. He is able to cleanse us and forgive us of all of our sins. Praise God. Why? Because He's the only one who is perfect. Hallelujah. In Him, there was no sin. He committed no sin. Christ is without sin. He is holy. Therefore, He can expect and demand us to live a life that is pleasing to Him. That is being holy. Praise God. So the men who bring this woman to Jesus, they have their own plans set. And when you study them, we can understand. They say that we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Praise God. But only the woman was brought to Jesus. What about the man who was involved in this act? That itself showed that their intention was impure and their intention was not just to find an answer. And you understand the outlook on sin. Among the people, they can fall in various categories. Number one, you know, we see that people, you know, they, 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 we, normally people make so big of sin when it is someone else. Praise God. When it is other sin, we make a big fuss about it. Praise God. When it is our own sin, we make so small about it. Praise God. But what is it that God desires from each and every one of us? When we are brought to awareness of our sin, this is what God desires of us. As the psalmist puts it in Psalm 19.12, But who can discern their own errors? Praise God. If we can discern our own errors, praise God. And once we discern our own errors, the second part of the verse that the psalmist says, forgive my hidden faults, Lord. Praise God. Help me to discern my own errors and forgive my hidden faults. Praise God. My faults that no one else knows. My faults that I alone knows. Lord, forgive me. That should be the mindset that we have to cultivate in our lives. Praise God. We cannot fall in the general category of men and women who make so much big of other sin and make so small of our own sin but rather coming to a place where we are willing to, uh, to discern our own errors and ask the Lord to forgive our sins. Praise God. You know, what is the difference between this man who brought this woman before Jesus, who was caught in the act, this woman who was caught in the act of adultery? Simply said, well, the woman's sin was known and she was caught in the act, as they say. But the men who brought them to Jesus, their sin was hidden and it was not caught or it was not exposed. But when one stands before Jesus, a simple statement from Jesus, a verse from the scripture, a word from the Spirit of God 
can prick our conscience. And we say that as Jesus said, the one who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. The Bible says, from the oldest to the last one, everyone slowly, slowly cut out of that place. Why? Because in their conscience, they were pricked and they were reminded of their own shortcomings. Praise the Lord. When we stand before Christ, praise God, ready to point fingers at someone else, the presence of Christ, the word of God, the words of Jesus can bring about a pricking in our consciousness and allow us to remember the shortcoming within us lest we continue to point our fingers at someone else. Praise God. Sin has the potential. Sin can do what? Sin will take you further than you want to go. Praise God. Maybe anyone who indulges in sin, they probably don't intend to go as far as they ever thought they would go. But sin has the potential to carry us far and further into zones, into realms, into activities that you, you, you did not want to go. Sin also has the power to make you stay longer indulging in habits that can bring slavery and addiction in our lives. Sin can also cost you more than what you want to pay. Praise God. That's why the Bible speaks so much against sin. Because the Bible reminds us that the wages of sin is death. And Christ came so that we can have life in abundance. Experience life eternal. And Christ wants to deliver us from the, from the penalty of sin and from the sin and, and, and the result of sin in our lives. Therefore, Christ wants to deliver us from such a predicament in our life. Jesus specializes in doing the impossible. What does that mean? Well, Jesus, after these men depart from Jesus, he looked at this woman and asked her, where are those who wanted to condemn you? None left anywhere. Jesus said, I also what? I don't condemn you. Praise God. And then Jesus said, go sin no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, Christ is the perfect blend. The perfect blend Christ is the perfect blend of grace and truth. Praise God. The grace of God. Hallelujah. The grace of God that you and I experience in our lives is the unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Praise God. The condemnation that should have come on you and me. The wrath of God that should have come on you and me. Christ took upon himself. Praise God. But that doesn't stop Christ from speaking the truth 
and letting us know what the truth is. The perfect blend of grace and truth. Jesus tells her, I don't condemn you. Praise God. Hey, the question is, the people wanted to stone this woman. Why don't you stone her? John 3.17 says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God. John the Baptist testified about Jesus saying, this is the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise God. By taking the punishment of sin upon himself, he is able to forgive us and set you and I free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, he became our substitute. Praise God. He took our sins upon himself. How do you get the remission of sin? My friend, if you're here and you're not sure of the fact that Jesus is, has forgiven your sin, I want to tell you this morning, look to Jesus on the cross. Hallelujah. He has borne our sin, our sickness, our curse upon himself. If you believe with your heart that Christ has taken your sin, has died on the cross for your sins and my sin, and you receive him as your savior, you receive the remission of the sin and you become a child of God. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Then he says, go, go where? Go, go back to your home, go back to your hometown, wherever you came from. Go back and let the world see what Christ has done in you. Praise God. But as before she steps out, Jesus tells her what? Jesus tells her, no, go and sin no more. Praise God. Go and sin no more. Praise God. Jesus did not say, go and sin as little as possible. No. Jesus Christ is God and his standard is absolutely perfect. There is no ambiguity about his expectation, about what he expects from anyone. He cannot and would not approve sin in any degree. And, and so he sets before her the perfect standard of God himself, which is what? Go and sin no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go and sin no more. In saying, go and sin no more, Jesus was not talking about sinless perfection. He was warning against a return to the old lifestyle, to the old association, to the old appetites, to the old ambitions, to the old habits, to the old lifestyle. I want to tell you, my friend, this morning, Christ, who has forgiven us of all of our sins, expects us to live up to the standards 
that he has set for you and for me. As much as he knows that we cannot attain perfection here, a sinless perfection here on this earth, he expects you and me to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God and live a life that is pleasing to Him. Praise God. Yes, His warning is when you go back, make sure that you don't indulge and dabble in, this, in that old lifestyle. Praise God. Hallelujah. With forgiveness comes the expectation of Christ from each and every one of us that we do not go back in the same path of rebellion against God. Hallelujah. Those who love God will naturally continue to do things which are pleasing to God. Praise God. When the Lord releases us from our past sin, from every kind of slavery, every kind of addiction, when he obliterates the yoke of sin that was upon us, there comes a gratitude within us, a love towards the Lord who showed mercy to you and to me, and that prompts within us a spontaneous gratitude and love to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, do we love him? Praise God. Jesus said, if you love me, you shall keep my commandments. Praise the Lord. When we keep his commandments, that is the evidence that we truly love him. Praise God. As much as God has forgiven you and me, he expects you and me to love him. Praise God. Jesus says, sin no more. Is it possible to live a holy life in the sinful world? Yes, by the grace of God. Yes, by the provision that is given in God's word, when we tap into the provision that is given in the word of God, you and I can live a life that is pleasing and holy before God. What are the provisions that the Lord has given? According to 1 John, the blood of Jesus is available. According to the epistles, the word of God the sanctifying, cleansing through the word of God is available for us. The Holy Spirit that indwells us is able to bring it to remembrance that things that ought to be rectified in our lives. The fellowship that God has placed within us, where God has placed us, is able to build us up towards the goal that God expects from each and Every one of us. Praise God. You don't see a response from her. Praise God. She doesn't say or can make any more excuses. I need more time. I need more time to reform. Praise God. But rather, she believed in what Jesus said. Go sin 
no more. Praise God. Yes, when Christ tells us, he expects that from us. He not only expects that from us, he's able to equip us and empower us to live a life that is pleasing to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, if you are struggling with any kind of habits this morning, I want to tell you, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Regardless of what you are struggling with this morning, I want to tell you, Christ can set you free. Christ can break that yoke of oppression that is upon you. It could be as it could be gossip, it could be lying, it could be stealing, it could be porn addiction, it could be any kind of addictive behavior that you are going through in your life. I want to tell you, Jesus can set you free. Praise God. He can break that yoke of oppression. There is power in the name of Jesus. If you're willing this morning to yield yourself, if you're willing to come to him and say, Lord, hallelujah, I discern my errors of life. Forgive my hidden faults. He's able to set you free and give you a new lease to life. The words of Jesus gave her the assurance his word will give you and me the strength to become overcomers in life. Praise God. But you and I have to be very careful. What is it that we ought to be careful of? Christ's gracious forgiveness is never an excuse to sin. Praise God. You and I live in a world where people, as Jude puts it, they have taken the grace of God and they are using it as a sin, as a license to commit immorality. God being gracious to us, willing to forgive, should not put us in a plane where we continue to tempt him with our behavior and with our attitude. Praise God. But rather, you and I should be armed with that verse that the psalmist says in Psalm 130 verse 4. But there is forgiveness with thee, O Lord. Praise God. That thou mayest be feared. Hello. Praise God. Lord, there is forgiveness with thee. But that forgiveness should bring me to a place of awe, reverence, and should instill with me a fear of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. A healthy dose of fear is a deterrent to any form of evil and sin. Healthy dose of fear. Praise God. Just because he continues to cleanse me and forgives me should not put me in a place where I continue to indulge in sin. Praise God. For the gift of forgiveness is never, was never cheap, but cost Christ his life for you and me. 
truly the experience of forgiveness should motivate us to live a life that is pleasing about reproach in the sight of God. Obedient to God so that God's glory will continue to reflect in you and me. Praise God. The question is, do you think that you and I can live a life that is pleasing to God? Yes, it is. Praise God. It might look impossible to live a life on a standard on a plane that is approved of God. That God's seal of approval comes on. But let me tell you, if Christ says, go sin no more. If the scripture says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If God is true, if Christ is the embodiment of truth, and as John 17, 17 says, the word of God is true, let me tell you, you and I can bank on the promises of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That we will never falter in life? Praise God. Even when and if, we falter, praise God, the Lord who has given us the promise is faithful to uphold us. Praise God. Jesus told a good analogy in, in, in the gospel that we can pull out. Jesus told, gave Peter the permission to walk. Come. Peter said, can I come to me? Jesus said, come. Just by Jesus saying, come, the impossible Happened, which was what? Peter started walking on the water. Praise God. The impossible happens when we respond to the word of God. That which looks impossible is possible when we respond to the words of Jesus. Praise God. Peter started walking on the water. Praise God. But when he saw the wind and the waves being boisterous, the Bible says he started to sink. And when he started to sink, the very one who said, come, reached out to him and grabbed him. Isn't that a beautiful analogy? Praise God. The commands of God are the enablements of God. If that is so, when you and I respond to him, even as we walk the walk and talk the talk, if there is a slippery ground and you and I are ready to falter, the one who has given us the command is able to pick us up stabilize us, make us steadfast, make us strong, and put us back on the track. Praise God. I don't know, but that instills hope in me this morning that that which seems impossible is possible because one, Jesus is the one that gives out the word. Praise God. 
two, he not only gives out the word, he makes provision for us that we would be able to live up to the word. Three, praise God. God forbid if we fall, if we stumble, if we falter, praise God. There is hope because he will come by my side and he will stabilize me. Praise God. This morning, I don't know where you are, my friend, but the Lord is telling you and me, praise God, go sin no more. That is a great expectation from him. Praise God upon each and every one of us. If there is anyone in the house that is struggling with anything that is not pleasing to God, Praise God. Just because we are seated in the house of God under the roof of a so-called church does not mean that we are in a place where God wants us to be. Only you know the struggle that you're going through in your life. And you do not need to continue with that struggle because Christ is able to set you free. But when he sets you free, he wants you to experience the true liberty, freedom from anything that enslaves you into the passion of this world. This morning, he wants to, to, to take that passion that you have for this world and turn it as a passion to the word of God. Praise God. All eyes closed for a minute. When every eye is closed in this house, praise God. I want to ask you a simple question this morning. Is there anything in your life that you are struggling with this morning? That you and the Lord knows that it has enslaved you. It has bound you. Praise God. And it is taking you farther than you ever thought. And it is keeping you in a place much, much longer than you ever envisioned. And the price tag on it continues to stagger day after day. That is the nature of sin. And this morning, Jesus wants to break that and set you free. It could be as simple as gossip, or it could be as enslaving as porn watching in your life. Regardless of what it is this morning, praise God. Jesus can set you free. It could be addiction to smoking. It could be addiction to pot. It could be addiction to alcohol. Regardless of what it is, this morning, Jesus who loves you wants to set you free. Praise God. Would you yield to him this morning? Would you send an SOS from your heart to the lover of your soul? Praise God. Jesus is the lover of your soul. 
when everyone points finger at you, accusing finger to criticize you and to put you down. He's the only one who is really interested in the welfare of your soul. He's the lover of your soul. How do you know it? He died for you. He went to that extreme for you by laying down his life for you so that you can become a recipient of life in abundance and eternal life. And every eye is closed. You are that person in the house that says, Here I am, Lord. I discern the errors of my life. Forgive my hidden sins. It's only hidden from people, it's nothing is hidden from. But when you come to him and say, Lord, here I am. I know this, this part of my life is not pleasing to you. I know it. And here I am, Lord. Forgive me. Cleanse me this morning. Sprinkle the blood of Jesus and cleanse me. I respond to your word this morning. I have tried by my own strength. This morning, I will bank on your word. I will derive strength from your word and move forward by living a life that is pleasing to you. You are that person in the house. You want to make such a commitment to the Lord. To my right, to my right, if you're that person, slip your hand up. To my left when all eyes are closed. If you are that person who wants to make a commitment to him, slip your hands up and put it down. Put it down. Thank you. Put it down. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're such a gracious God. Merciful Father. Compassionate to us. We thank you for the grace that is released upon us that not only redeems us but also gives us the strength to say no! No! No to anything and everything that would enslave us. Lord, your expectation is clear. As much as you have done for me and for us. You expect us to emulate your nature and your character. Give us grace. As we tread on the path of holiness, we know that your word and your spirit will continue to empower us and that you will be by our side to make sure that we will reach the destiny we pray that you will give us a resolve that we need to stand firm on the word of God on the promises of God in Jesus name we pray Father we commit those who responded 
this morning, regardless of their struggle. We pray in the name of Jesus for a release, for a breakthrough, for the power of God to be manifested in their life. In Jesus' name, we pray for freedom, for liberty, for joy, for every change to be broken in the name of Jesus. Do so for your glory. May shouts of joy resound in the tents of the righteous for your glory.